Greetings, everybody. This is a Travel Addict podcast where you can hear candid stories and discussions about business and adventure travel from around the world with activities such as trekking, diving, camping, driving, cruising, and just plain chilling out somewhere. We talk about lots of experiences in places all over the world, including the grand, the remote, the edgy, the risque, and ones of questionable merit. Education, fulfillment, and wonder enrich our lives. And of all the books in the world, the best stories are found between the pages of a passport. Stay tuned. Hello, everybody. Malcolm Teasdale, the travel addict here. It is Friday afternoon late here where I am, but my guest today is, well, in the day off Saturday. 14 hours ahead of me. So we found a time where we could chat, um, respectively, late late afternoon for me and uh, early morning for, well, not quite early morning for Linda King, who's on the line. And she's a traveler, but she also helps people who want to travel also. We're going to find a bit more about that as we move along here. Linda, I want to, can I just say g'day? Did I say that correctly? Yeah, you did. G'day, Malcolm, how are you? <laughs> I am very well, thank you. That's, That's what I say to people. I'm uh, I speak five languages: English, American, Canadian, Australian, and New Zealand languages. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I, I know a few Brits who live in uh, in Australia, in Sydney, and Melbourne there, and I wonder whether they pick up the accents there. I I don't know. I think they still sound like Brits to me. But I love Australia, by the way. I spent some time in. Uh, uh, Melbourne and specifically Sydney. So love the place. And so today the, the people who are listening can't see this, but I do have an Australian rugby shirt on today. But the first time I arrived in Sydney, I'll tell you this, Linda, I arrived in my England rugby shirt at going through immigration and I got stopped there. Said, Hey mate, what are you doing wearing that vest in here? Yeah. <laughs> And, but he was, I can he was, imagine. It was the funniest thing. I never thought about it at the time, but that's the worst thing I could have done. But good sense of humour, and that's what I like about Australia. All, all great people uh, love your sense of humour. Anyway, Linda, thanks for joining me today. Early morning for you. Um, and everyone, Linda is a the smart travelista. Did I say that right? Travelista. Yeah, you did. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay, well, explain that to me or everyone out there. The smart travelista sounds great. Yeah. yeah, so smart travelista, everyone can be a smart travelista. What it really means is saving money and, um, but having great travel experiences at the same time. So you're a smart travelista if you, if you use the tricks and tips that I, I use when I travel um, because really saving costs on travel is the aim for most travellers so they can do more travel. So, is, that on a, is that on a global basis, you mean, not just Australia, of course, right? Yeah, it's, it's global. So whether you're doing that in, within Australia or you're doing that internationally, um, it's just using the tips, and, and a lot of them are common sense tips, um, and it's just about how you use those to save your money on travel. So if you do that, you're a smart travellister in my books. Yeah, I, I just looked at your books there. We'll talk about that later on. And, but you said you were... Um, a banker at one time, right? Is that mm. true? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But what made you get into this this type of thing? Is because you because you travel a lot. You just like to 
go places and then you figured out how to travel cheaply or cheaper than you think you can? Yeah, so I was a banker, but I was also a travel agent for an airline. So I used to um, book a lot of people's trips. So I learned a few tricks with that. Um, I also used to teach them how to um, utilise their frequent flyer and loyalty airline uh, programs. So a lot of the tips that I use with my travel is from what I learn or you had to learn and then we then pass that on to our clients. So, um, yeah, so the travel has always been a big passion. Obviously, being a banker, you know, you know the money tricks as well. So when it comes to credit cards and and the fees, foreign exchange rate fees that are charged. So it's really just a combination of, you know, my experience through my career, but then also being a, you know, a travel addict um, as well, combining all <laughs> those to together. Club, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You said you're an agent for an airline. Was that Qantas? Yes, yes, I work for Qantas. Now, me and you know what it stands for, right? It's Queensland and uh, North. Northern Territories Airline System, is that right? Or something like so that. Queen- Queensland and Northern Territory Aerial Services. Okay, got it. I was close. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, you were I, close. I've I, <laughs> I flown there. But they're rated as, if not the top, one of the top three safest airlines in the world. Is that true? Yeah. So I think they had some um, in the jet age. Before the jet age, they had probably some accidents. But ever since, you know, um, in the probably the um, – more recent uh, past, they haven't had any really bad incidents. They've had incidents, so they're no big fatalities, I su- suppose you could call it. So, yeah, so they've, well, having worked there and, and having travelled on them quite a bit, I know how important safety is to them. So it's paramount when they when they um, operate any of their aircrafts, when they operate any flights. If there was, you know, really stringent um safety checks done yeah. and um you know in some of the areas that i worked because i was a travel agent but then also worked in some operational areas yeah our, our mornings used to begin with a safety check around the operation so that yeah. was really 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 safety focused um which is yeah, good i suppose when you travel because safety is a big part of traveling too oh absolutely you keep yourself safe you know you might be traveling to some really um safe places but you might be traveling to some unsafe places as well so that knowledge and and that experience really comes in handy yeah i think also i read about this probably six months ago correct me if i'm wrong linda Mm. but i think Qantas was the first airline to do this little thing which i wish other airlines would follow Mm. they especially for the the male passengers did they ban Males coming on wearing singlets. Yes, yes, yeah. I wanted to. to um, well, obviously, if you're in business class, you could never get away with that. But they they want a certain standard of clothing, and they and they don't want to offend people. Like you've got all sorts of people on the flight, so it's about you know having. I suppose you call it smart casual. So they've probably got nothing against jeans without ripped. You know, they'll, they'll look at you if you've got half your jean, like half your leg hanging out of the jeans. Yeah. Um, or if you've got like board shorts, what we call board shorts. You know what the board shorts are. Yeah, really, really sure. short, tight. Um, I think they're called uh, 
budgie smugglers or something like that. You couldn't wear anything like that or, or thongs. It's just about, you know, tidy, casual, so it's nice jeans. They've got nothing against, you know, having a, a T-shirt um, and, you know, sneakers or, or, or you know, um, sports shoes. But, yeah, yeah, they've got... They've got their standards, which probably didn't go down well with some people. Um, but if you're after something a little bit more casual, then you've got other airlines that, that cater to that in Australia as well. Well, well I, I get that. And the, the reason I said for people in a singlet is just a, a term that we use for, especially the guys who wear these T-shirts that are sleeveless mm-hmm. and showing half their body. And then most, most of the guys who wear these things shouldn't be wearing them in the first place, right? But the last thing mm. I want to do is sit next to a person with one of these things on, you know? And mm. uh, so I think Qantas did, did, did well there by, by saying, we don't want any more of this stuff on our plane, which is, which is great. I wish some of the uh, US airlines would uh, do that. Um, <laughs> I've just flown recently <laughs> and there was two people on the board dressed like, on, the, on board the plane just dressed like that. I said, oh, why did they do that? When you talk about saving money for people, does it come down to flights, hotels, tours? What does it come down to specifically, the, the areas where you save people money? Everywhere. So it's on your flights, it's on your accommodation, it's on your touring, it's on everything. Um, it's even on, a, you know, the money that you might purchase to spend over there. So it, it it's about everything. And it's, I sort of look at it from two perspectives. So it's before you, you actually depart and while you're over there. So it, it's just the things that you can do. They sort of give you a look, probably make it a more relaxing trip as well. Yeah. And, and you can be happy with yourself that you've saved a bit of money and be, you know, happy about that and go, yeah. okay, one trip that might have cost me X amount of dollars, now that I've saved this money, that means I may actually better do another trip instead of the oh, one yeah. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. it's good. So, I mean, you're not competing with TripAdvisor, obviously. I wonder how you get these discounts or you're just steering people in the right direction to book their own tickets or do you act as an agency to book the tickets for them? So just the tips on how to do it. Um, I've been a travel agent. I haven't really got to that point at the moment. I actually have a full-time job as well, so this is sort of my side hustle. Mainly what it's about is... Um, a lot of some of the tips that I talk about are about how you utilise your points. So building those airline points and how you can actually save um, on one, your airlines, airfare for doing that. Um, Also about the tips and tricks about the hotels. So, you know, depending on where you stay. So not everyone stays in a hotel. Other people might do Airbnb and, and other bits and pieces. But there's just the things that you can do, planning and a bit of research before the trip Obviously, book online is another really big tip. It, it, it's how you save that, can save that money. I, yeah. I think it's important. The points thing you brought up it, it is valid. Let me tell you this, and you can relate to it. I'm flying to England in June, so I thought I'm going to use points. Yeah, I can transfer points from Amex to various airlines, as you know. So. Mm. Whatever air, some airlines are doing right now, they really just want people to to use their points, or when they use their points, they gobbling them up. And I looked at compared two airlines. One was an Asian airline, the best Asian airline. You know that is, in my opinion, with probably Singapore Airlines. I looked at the, what they charge for points to fly transatlantic to land in England. It was about seventy two thousand points. 
I looked at one of the American airlines and it was about 200,000 points. That's a huge discrepancy, right? I don't know why. And then the airlines has partners that fly transatlantic, the same price. I mean, that's a huge discrepancy. Plus the fact is Singapore Airlines is a better airline, you know? Um, so I don't know why that is, but it, you just have to do your homework, right? And all these airlines yes. have partners, like Singapore's with Star Alliance. And uh, so you, you look at the, their partners as well. Sometimes you get good deals. Um, but what I do, obviously, fly a lot. I'm one of these five million mile flyer, which is stupid, really insane. Uh, but I'm mm-hmm. signed up with other air, quite a few airlines to to get points and stuff, and I transfer Amex points. Um, but you know that game, right? Yeah, I've just described yes. to to do the best you can. Is there any other secrets like you want to divulge here? Because I'm interested as well. Because I I don't like being ripped off personally using points. So if there's a better way to do it. I'd like to know. Yeah. Yeah. What you've got to do, um, some of those airlines do charge exorbitant points to get to places. What you have to do, um, I, I know, and I can speak about Australia, they have sales or periods where they will offer less points to fly the same destination. So what you've got to be mindful of is keep an eye on what's happening with that respective airline. So you might be with a few airlines. Sign up to their mailing list and make sure that they're given, you're on their mailing list and they're sending you out emails because they, there's certain periods throughout the year and it's on seasons. So if you're trying to travel in a, in a high season somewhere, you're not going to get the best value that you would if you went in and off, if you went on lower or shoulder season. So for me as an Australian, if I'm using my, my Qantas points, I'm better off going international than I am domestic because I'm paying more domestically than I am long haul. And the thing is you've got better value when you're going international. So someone like an Australian going to England or the US, we've got to go a fair distance, right? You're getting more value out of the points the further you go. So what I won't do is use my points on smaller trips I save them up for the big trips. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, because you're not getting the value. Each 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 point has a dollar value and it's worth a certain amount of money. So what you do is you've got to equate the airlines, what the current airfare might be yeah. at, in that place versus what those points are worth. If you're utilising your points, you actually might be paying more than what the current sale airfare is going that destination. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so it's just about knowing, one, being on their mailing list because they'll send you emails when they'll say, you know, we're doing a point promotion to um, England or wherever it may be. Usually they offer the sales when there's less when there's more capacity on the flights. Yeah. If you're going somewhere to like the US or somewhere like that in high season, you're going to be totally ripped off because that's when they make their most money because that's when the most demand is. So it's about supply and demand, but it's also knowing your program. So mm-hmm. you need to get right in and understand the program, be on the ball as far as what's happening. Um, I mean, for me, I'm on there on a weekly basis having a look and seeing what's happening. Right, yeah. And so I, I think also just- booking up. As soon as you're thinking about it, book something because typically airlines, yes. if you cancel, your points just go back into the account. Now, um, 
based on what, in addition to what you said, it's about availability, I'm sure, as well, right? Um, mm-hmm. But when I talked earlier about that example of going transatlantic, I was talking about business class seats, by the way. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there was that, it's still a huge discrepancy between the airlines. Never understood mm-hmm. that. But I think it's the, uh, especially over the last few years, um, some of the airlines are just um, making people use points to to travel. Um, I've done my trips over from America to Asia in economy mm. class a, a few times, and I'm getting to the point now where I just I, I really want to fly business class if I can. And of course, mm. the longest flight now, Newark to Singapore, is eighteen and a half hours. Right? You've got mm. to really fly business class, or else you'd be yes. throwing yourself out of the damn door. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I was just going to say the airlines want us to use the points because they're a liability to the airline to, to the loyalty program. Yeah, and so. You know, um, they want you to use the points, but it's up to you whether you want to use them. And for me, I, I bank them until I get them to a point where I can go, yes, I'm going to go business class London or to New York because for me that's a better it's better value with the points. Oh, yeah. Qantas, are they with the One World Alliance or? Yes. Yeah, they yes. are. Okay, so, one, so you could exchange for a British Airways ticket if you wanted to, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so they've got quite a good alliance. I mean, many of the other airlines have got good ones. You've got the Star Alliance and yeah. and a few others. So, um, but that's another important thing if you really want to get into the points and, um, you know, you've got to look at the airlines that you're travelling on. So the ones that you're doing more of. Yeah. Um, and you might be like a Star Alliance. You might go, okay, well, all these airlines within the Star Alliance is what I want to do, want to travel on. Yeah. Then that's probably the one to go with. So it's just about I think the initial research is really um, is well spent because then your strategy that you build to build yeah. the points, you can then, um, you know what you're doing. You know, you've got a goal that you're, you're wanting to make. I looked at that, basically what you've done, and I also checked Skytrax as well, how they rate airlines. Um, mm. Because if you see a, a deal on an airline, you may have never heard of it before, right? And you're going to destinations you've never been to before. So I've never heard of these airlines. Are they safe? Will they make it to the destination? Has, yes. a, plane, has a plane got an outside toilet? I, these, these, no, I'm just joking when I say that. But, you know, these <laughs> questions you need to ask or, or think about. And so Skytrax is good. And then there's one called Airline Seats as well. So you see the configure of the plane. So there's tools for that. Now, with regards to hotels and stuff, you do pretty much the same thing. You Obviously, Hilton, Marriott, has all these reward points as well. So you can guide people into uh, finding the right hotel in a city, in the right location, I'm, I'm sure, right? Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that a lot of people might know, might not know is that a lot of these hotel chains have their own programs as well that you can link up with your airline loyalty sure. program. And, yeah, and also by being a loyalty member with them, you get the upgrades. You might get the free breakfast. It's, it's about um, doing it like a, a concurrent loyalty uh, special, I suppose. You look at the hotel, you look at the airline. Um, you know, we've got one really good one with Qantas, which is a, a call. They offer brilliant points, like double and triple points if you stay in one of the hotels international, domestically. So it's just looking at those sorts of things. And, you know, you rock up to a hotel, they're going to go, oh, okay, and they'll look at your level and go, you know, if they've got a better room available, They'll give it to you complimentary. So it's just about oh, yeah. knowing about these things. Going to England in, um, in June, and I was booking a hotel 
close because I'm flying to Manchester Airport, but I was booking a hotel not in the city of York, which is not too far away. I was looking at all the rates there, and the rates vary. And this is a decent hotel, and they're not with any frequent stay program, but the rates were good. You just have to look around. Now, if I looked at the hotel website, that hotel's website, I know how much it was for the room per night, right? Mm. And it was non-refundable to pay up front. Then I checked on booking.com. It was cheaper and pay at the hotel when you get there. Cancel any time. And it's mm. better than to booking it with the hotel directly. That's yes. amazing. Yes. Yes. So absolutely. You've got to you've got, got to look around those things. One thing that I really or one place that I really like is TripAdvisor. It gives you a lot of r- reviews also on the hotels. Yeah. yeah. So if you it's an unknown hotel to you, go on there and have a look at the reviews. Go through quite a few pages of reviews because obviously they'll also have their, you know, their um, ones that they put in that aren't correct. You've really got to get into the the ones that aren't so good because they'll give you the real real uh, picture of what's happening there. Yeah. Um, but also consider what you want to do when you arrive there. So if you're doing activities that are in the CBD in the city, you're better off staying, probably paying a little bit more and staying in the, the city. But if you're doing something that you, where you don't need to do that, then go outside, go on the outskirts, and yeah. you're going to save money that way as well. But yeah. obviously, you you might pay a bit more in transport if you come into the into the city. So it's just consider that also the activities that you're doing. If you're doing touring, and they're going to come and pick you up from the hotel, wouldn't really matter where the hotel is because right. they're going to come and pick you up anyway. I think people have got to consider that sort of stuff too. Um, because that that can be a cost saving in itself, you know, yep. if you're not having to get paid for transport and and all that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah, very good points, excellent points. Uh, but you've got it down pat, obviously, so you can advise people steer steer people in the right direction. And you get this from past experience, right? You know it because yeah. you've been down this road so many times, and it's uh, it, it's it's a good thing. And people are always on you know, the quest to save money. And sometimes when you travel, you can. I just wondered this because. Someone asked me earlier on today, I was on another travel podcast earlier today, and yeah. a good discussion was, well, I'm in the States and people like to go to places in the United States. I, I live in on the beach here, but people come to my area in large quantities. And the resorts are fairly expensive. And sometimes it's cheaper to go overseas and stay into a place that's probably better and you can do it cheaper. Mm-hmm. You can. Well, yeah, it is possible to uh, go internationally and yes. do it cheap. Budget traveling. It doesn't have to be real budget, but, you know, you can you can do it cheaper, can't you? Absolutely. So we've got a similar sort of thing in Australia. If we could fly to Perth, we could probably fly to Asia cheaper than going four hours across from, say, uh, the eastern states over to Perth, which sounds crazy. We're in the same country. Um but yeah, it's certainly for an Australian, especially Asia is very cheap, and and obviously it's close too. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting how they work out the airfares on the on the. It's not necessarily sometimes on the miles. It's on you know the deals that are that are available. I suppose availability competition is it Qantas rule yes. the roof there? I think. Well, you're in Melbourne. I want to go to Perth, the other side of the country. Who flies that? Well, Qantas. Qantas, oh, well. and I think, and probably, <laughs> well, the, probably, 
probably virgin, um, but I think it's also supply and demand. So a lot of people are going to Perth um, for probably business and also there's mining. So people fly in, fly out people. Yeah. So there's a lot of demand to go into Western Australia, which is in, which is Perth. So it, all these things are a part of the um, pricing. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. Where it's, you know, probably some kind of Sydney or Melbourne, it's more of a leisure thing. If you're going to go business, you can do that virtually now anyway. Yeah. But, um, but, but yeah, it, it just depends. So we've got a lot more frequency. And I think it's a frequency of the flights as well. Yep. We don't have the frequency of flights to Perth that we do, say, a Sydney or a Melbourne, right? We've got them every hour almost. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's a lot of things taken into consideration and also it's costing, what is costing the airline. So, you know, they'll price it, they'll price the fare what the market will bear, right? Yep. If people are willing to pay that price, why would they reduce it? Yeah. Oh, exactly, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They're not selling seats. They better reduce the price. Okay, back yeah. to your, your your travel. Okay, so you, you've got this travel business down, Pat. Were you sort of born and raised in Australia? You grew up there? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. You're um, obviously the opposite end of the planet to me. So typically <laughs> when when you go out of the country or travel internationally, where would you normally go to yourself just for pleasure, vacation? Where? Um, well, it's probably going to be Asia or would probably come to London and go to Europe. So... Um, I mean, look, I've, I've travelled, I was very lucky with the airline. We used to get really cheap airfares, sometimes free airfares when I was a, um, a travel agent because we, we, we were doing business over there. Um, but, yeah, normally I would either go to, you know, potentially Honolulu. Um, I might go to the States. Europe's a favourite. I love London and, and Europe. Yeah. But Asia also, I've done quite a bit through Asia because it's so close and it's so cheap. Um, yeah, but it just depends. Like, obviously, I've got to get some um, annual leave with my employer. I'll look at the, the time of the year. I'll see, okay, what what's going to have good weather, um, but it's not going to be high season because, you know, obviously high seasons are more expensive. So I just look at that, and I think for me, it's like when it's winter in Australia. Who wants to be in Australia in winter time? We want to go somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But, you, but the US is a bit expensive because um, that's summertime, right? Yeah. So, and, and also with Europe, if you go July, August, then that's high season in Europe. So what I try and do is try and do it a few months beforehand. Um, and it's still it's still going to be a little bit chilly here, but it's still going to be quite nice there. So, mm. you know, I, I just look at the seasons um, and also what specials are happening so I do that a few months in advance. And mm. so, for instance, I'm going to Honolulu in October. They've got a good deal going then. Um, and, yeah, and you know, um, I had a trip going there in COVID. That got cancelled. So I've still got to go there <laughs> because I was, <laughs> oh, I was yeah, meant I to go there two years ago. But, um, but yeah, probably going to go to Europe next year, but obviously not in the high season, a little bit outside of that. Okay. So, yeah, and you'll probably go to yeah. London, Paris or Amsterdam, the key key uh, cities. At least if you're going to one of the smaller countries, you can use that as a gateway to get through. So out of all the places yeah. you've been to, I know you like London. What's your favourite place you've been to in your travels? Um, the one that I keep going back to is Italy. Absolutely love that place. Um, I speak Italian. I used to deal with um, tourists that were Italian. So I've, yeah, and got a lot of friends that are Italian. So 
I tend to gravitate. If I go to Europe, I will definitely go to Italy as part of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I love Europe. Europe, even even UK, absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to um, Scandinavia, went to Sweden before COVID. That was just fantastic. Beautiful, um, isn't it? Yeah, Austria is beautiful as well. I just think people, I'm really jealous of anyone that's in the UK that they've got Europe at their doorstep. It just blows my mind because if I, if it was me, I'd be over there every weekend investigating different countries. Yeah. I'd be everywhere. Um, but that's probably the place that I gravitate to most. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because um, I, mean, well, I was born and raised in England, but I've been living um, over half my life now in States, but I did live. I lived for two years in Singapore and a couple in Canada, but I was born in the centre of England. So, yes, I've done the London thing, and people gravitate to London because it's the capital city, it's the main place to be. And I always suggest to people, look, next time you go over there, go to the countryside of England. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm renting a, mm-hmm. in June, we're going to rent an English cottage in the, in the countryside, and one of mm-hmm. the villages there has a train station. Just hop on the train and go anywhere. Public transport yeah. system is brilliant. Um, so yeah. that's that's what we're looking to do, and uh, there's a place of beauty over there. Whereabouts in Italy would you go, right? Um, Rome, Venice, Florence, or yeah, those places? So the favourite places, I love Rome. I just, as some people don't like Rome, but I do. It's just like it's new and it's all mixed together. It's just wonderful, and the people are fabulous. Um, I also gravitate to Florence. I normally get the train from Rome yeah. um, and then yeah, head to I'll Florence. Yeah, um, Venice. I haven't been for a while, but that's lovely too. But I've probably seen most of Italy, so I've been up to Verona, Siena, mm. um, down south. Yeah. Um, you know, Naples, um, down Pompeii Way, the yeah. Amalfi. I just think the whole of it. It's just so lovely. Um, it's a really nice place. If you ever want to go um, to the Amalfi, head down to Positano. What a lovely place. Um, you know, you see the picture perfect postcards you see the, the pastel colored buildings are probably similar to Greece um but really colorful and such an interesting place um but yeah it, it I think it's got so much to offer um yep. Italy you know it's not yeah, just about it, it has and uh, if you're able to stay in the center you can walk everywhere but next time yeah. you're in Italy you probably haven't been here yet I've got a recommendation for you Linda go mm-hmm. to Slovenia Ljubljana, Slovenia. I was there in September last year. It's gorgeous. It's very high up on the human development index scale. It's very mm-hmm. safe. And you stay in the old town of Ljubljana. And mm-hmm. there's families, uh, walking dogs, all the younger generation, their pets. And it's just full mm-hmm. of cafes right by the river, spotlessly clean, safe as houses. And it's just a lovely place. And you can go out in the countryside. The countryside spectacular. It's easy to get to, by the way. Um, so if you go up to Trieste, Italy, which is northeast, yep. and yeah. then you can get a, um, a sh- short connection from there over. So uh, that's a place to recommend. Yeah, I, did, I was surprised how decent it was there, actually. Uh, but it was it's beautiful. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, oh, it'll uh, be on my bucket list. Yeah, <laughs> we've all got one of those, and you've got one. What's on your bucket list, by the way? Well, Greece. I'm going to Greece. When I come to Europe next year, I'm definitely going to Greece. I haven't been to the Greek islands, which is crazy, but I'm going going there. So planning that. Um, I would have. I would really love to go to South America. Yeah. Love to go there. Um, and Russia. I mean, look, 
at the moment probably not to Russia, but it always fascinated me, Russia. Um, so, yeah, I'd really love to go there one day. I've got so many places on my bucket list, my goodness. Um, I've got, yeah, there's so many places to go to and never enough time to do it, Malcolm. Yeah, well, that, that's it, isn't it? And we're not getting yeah. any younger. But if you do go to – yeah, I've been to Moscow way back when, but – I've been to yeah. St. Petersburg twice recently. I do speaking on a cruise ships. So I've been on a cruise ship that goes up from Amsterdam or Southampton. They go up to the Baltics and they stop in mm. Stockholm. The Stockholm archipelago is just gorgeous, but it stops at St. Petersburg, yeah. which the architecture there is unbelievable, Linda. Mm. The, the building is spectacular. And another bit of advice, and you may have this, is that I'm a Brit living in America. But before I go anywhere, which I'm not familiar with, I will also look at the the travel guide and government one, travel.state.gov, and I look at for the US, but I also look at Canada's and the UK one because they are guilty sometimes of exaggerated fear or being outdated information. So when I went to St. Petersburg, Russia, they basically said, don't go there. We, the consulate's just closed, blah, blah, blah. So I'll check the British one, Canadian. said, that's ah, just fine there. And they're holding the World Cup there, soccer, um, mm. right after I visited there. So it was perfect. People were friendly, just funny. And uh, I don't, I'd bless that. I didn't realize that's such a place of beauty. The buildings are gorgeous. So, yeah, if you can get up to that neck of the woods, that would be, be a great experience. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a similar thing in Australia. So you could, we've got our government website, sort of like the, the advisory website. So you always check that out as well, and it'll give you the levels of, you know, high threat or whatever it is. Um, but, yeah, they're pretty honest with you. They'll say yes or no. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so it, but, yeah, I'll look, it's part of the safety aspect, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you want to you go there in one piece and come back in one piece. Um, it's really important because you want to do more travels. Yeah, exactly. And the funny thing about it is I, September, I was in Kiev in the Ukraine. And I would say to you, Linda, I was not responsible for the, for the problems they have there right now. It wasn't oh, okay. who caused it, but <laughs> this is a great place. It, it was a f- fun, and uh, Ukrainians uh, certainly take care of themselves, uh, but the buildings there are superb as well. It's, that, that was uh, fantastic. I Hopefully, whatever happens there, no harm comes to that city or any city in the Ukraine because it's yeah. ex- excellent, beautiful. Well, you know, it is. We'll do what we can in the time we've got left. Now, go moving on to your website. The smart travelista. Yeah. Travelista. That's it sounds female, doesn't it? Travelista. Yeah, I think it's because of the A on the end of it. So when you're talking about other languages, A is always feminine. Um, but travelista could be a male too. Okay, I just wondered if travelista. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say there's another yeah. male version of that. Yeah, <laughs> smart. And travelisti, on. maybe. <laughs> right on the front page, you got some uh, lovely pictures there of, of places you've been. You've got Stonehenge there, right? Uh, which I thought was Stonehenge. It, was, it is so Stonehenge, a bit overrated yes. for me. Just a bunch of rocks in the middle of a field, really. And uh, but it's, 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 you go there because you can. I never saw Stonehenge yeah. until I left England and uh, Sydney Opera House, of course. But under your books, yeah, you know, I got the about books here and the reviews, and your books look very informative. And let me just go to the reviews section here, if I can bring it up. And there's all these nice reviews, which, which, are, all, which are all good. But you use the same sort of um, um, design for your books, and it's a guide. Yeah. Now, really good subjects, how to protect your, your travel health 
and how to yeah. increase your airline loyalty points, which we discussed earlier on. These are all useful information to for people who want to get out and travel more. So uh, yeah. finding the best travel bargains. So it's all good advice, isn't it? So you, you've learned about this from past experience, right? So that's, that's just yeah. about it. And, and it's really things that I continue to do. So I've learned how to do it and I do it. So it, it's, um, I'm not telling anyone things that I'm not using myself. So they're, they're authentic tips. Yeah. They're not ones that I've researched. They're ones that I actually use. So, um, but yeah, but with my books, I try and do topics that are going to resonate with people. So yeah. you know, obviously a lot of people are into building the miles, your airline loyalty points. So that, you know, that's, it takes a strategy, takes a bit of research. So yeah. the books, books around that, how to protect your travel, health and safety. Well, that's so important. It was always important, but it's even more so now. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And yeah. people people say, living in America and, you know, when you go to Asia, I do scuba diving in obscure places as well. So, you know, mm-hmm. if anything bad happens, where do you think they're going to take me to? I don't know. But mm-hmm. like Thailand and Singapore have two of some of the best healthcare systems in the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Absolutely. Check on the... Uh, World Health Organization's ranking, yeah, they, they're mm. excellent. I, and I've been in Singapore. I used to live in Singapore, and I've seen it firsthand. Brilliant. Right? Yeah. And it doesn't cost an arm and a leg. I don't know if that's an appropriate term, but it, it doesn't cost a load of money <laughs> to actually uh, get treatment there, you know. And yeah. uh, it's, it's just superb. Um, so, yeah. So you, you've got all of this advice, which is excellent, um, I think, because you're in Australia, it doesn't just uh, uh, apply to Australians, it applies to everyone. It's just the common sense approach, right? Yes, yeah. And for me, it, it's like common sense. Um, but if people aren't experienced travellers, they may not think of these things. So yeah. it's, you know, but, you know, as you get into your journey, you, you, you know, obviously learn the tricks. Um, but, yeah, it's just helpful tips. Um, the way it's come about the books is I used to get asked a lot of questions when I was travelling by other travellers and used to get into a lot of conversations and they'd say, how did you do that so cheaply? Like I'd arrive um, waiting for a, a transfer and they knew I was on the same flight, but I got out first and they were like, how did you do that? I said, well, when I was in business class, that's how I got out first. Um, yeah. um, but then, you know, they were saying, you know, what are you doing and how much are you, you paying for that and and so you'd, I'd get into conversations, but I was getting asked, and obviously family and friends in Australia asked me and because they know that I know these things. And then one person said to me, have you got a blog? Have you got a website? Have you, got, have you written yeah. books? And I was like, you know what? I need to do it. Exactly, and, yeah. And I just wondered, me, you've, got three, you know? you've got three books totally, have you? Is it three? I've got four books. Four, four books. Okay, I didn't scroll down more. And I just wondered yeah. whether... Um, you have to go back in and edit them periodically because things change over time. Um, yes. I, I don't know if that happens. Yes. So I do do a, a, do a bit of a refresh um, on the content. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, some of it I try and write so it's, I suppose, evergreen. So it could be you could read it five years from now and it'd still be applicable, right? So it's, Okay. Yeah, it's not going to change yeah. dramatically. Now, okay, here's a blunt question for you. Yeah. Out of all the places you've been to, yeah. name one that you would never go to again. Never go to again. Um, I don't 
think there's any place that I've ever been that I would never go to again. Um, At least you didn't say Sydney. No, I didn't say Sydney. <laughs> oh, well, actually, no, there is there is a place I'd never go to again. Probably Bali. Bali? Yeah, I wouldn't go there again. I, I've been there too many times. Um, and, it, and there's nothing of interest there for me anymore. Oh, I think so, well, did you stay in Kuta Beach, did you, with all the rest of the... No, I stayed in, like, one of the... Um, it was Ubud, I think I stayed in. Um, but, yeah, it's just... I, I think it's great, don't get me wrong, but we have a lot of Australians going there. Yeah, that's so right. Like, like, like being in Australia, when you travel, you want to be somewhere that's a bit different. You've got other, well, that, other people around. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, you just want to, once you get out of town, you don't want to meet your next door neighbours in a foreign country, do you? Yes. Yeah. No, no, because that to me is not a holiday. <laughs> um, you, you want a bit of excitement. You want the new yeah. um, and, and, and exciting. So, yeah. you know, if I want to sit in a pool and drink and relax, that's fine. I could do that. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think it's a little bit overdone. We've got a lot of, and, and nothing against any Australians, obviously. I'm an Australian as well, but I just think there's a lot more places out there that uh, are worth investigating, you know. Yeah, um, okay. But oh, each to their own, right? Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't go back to Bali. Okay. I've, I've oh, done right, Bali. There you go. All right. I, I, I get it. Now, okay, if somebody wants to, uh, uh, probably through your website, if someone wants to get hold of you, how do they find you? The website. So, yeah, they can send me, um, contact me by the website, but I'm also on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Okay. Um, they can also drop me an email as well. Um, but yeah, um, it's so obviously on the smarttravelista.com. Yep. Uh, Facebook, Facebook and Instagram, I'm under the, the smart travelista, and Twitter, I'm the underscore travelista. Okay. Uh, but they can also get me on the, the smart travelista at gmail.com or, um, Linda at smarttravelista.com. So um, there's a lot of places no, to find me. If I'm on Google, I type in the smart travelista, it's going to come up with a lot of options to get hold of you. Absolutely. Yeah, you can Google, you can Bing, you can do whatever you like. You'll find me. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Uh, <laughs> well, excellent. Hey, it's good to hear about what you do because I think that, um, you know, traveling is important. Mainly for me, it's education. You get to see how the yes. rest of the world lives and works, and it gives you an yeah. appreciation for other other places on our wonderful planet. Plus, there's wonderful places to see, like you yes. some places you can't even describe it. Um, mm-hmm. And I try and encourage people where I am to to um, to go overseas. Quite a large percentage of U.S. population do not even have passports, you know, so mm. it, it's surprising. But uh, yeah, I may, hopefully that will change and uh, people get the urge to, to get out of town or go to a foreign land and see how um, the rest of the world works. But uh, keep on doing it. Keep on doing it, Linda. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. You too, Malcolm. I think, um, yeah, I, there's, there's a saying, if you don't travel, you're only reading one chapter of the book. Yeah, that's right. If, if you travel, you, 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 you're exploring those other chapters, right? Um, but each of their own. I, look, it's a great experience, travel. It teaches you a lot, um, and I think you'll appreciate your own home also. Oh, I think so, see, yeah, you do, yeah. When you, when you see a lot of other places that aren't as fortunate as where you live, I think you get an appreciation and you become a lot more grateful for what you've got. Yeah. Yeah, so, so. Um, 
you know, it, it, from that perspective, it's good as well. It grounds you. It's, you know, you might be complaining about what's happening in Australia or whatever, but, you know, there's people worse off in the world than you. So you just need to wake okay. up to yourself. Well, I won't talk <laughs> about the Australian cricket team or Australian rugby team. What they also saying of all the books in the world, the best stories are told between the pages of a passport, right? Yes, yeah, yes. they're too true about that. But uh, yeah, I just remember I was in Sydney quickly before we go here in Sydney one time, and there was a big party in the street. The Australian national team were playing Ghana. Um, yeah. I think it was in a World Cup qualifier. And the people flew over from Ghana and they were just partying. They were having a great time in all their red and yellow colours. It was fantastic. I yeah. went to that game, actually. It was, it was just brilliant. Um, but one of these times, if I ever get back to Australia, your country, I will go and see an Australian rules game. Yes, you would love it. It's really, really fast moving. Yeah. And people are so passionate. That's a, the pastime here. Everyone's got their team and they will go out on a Saturday to see, go to the MCG and see their, their team if it's playing there. And, yeah, very passionate. So probably about as passionate as you saw when you saw the Ghana and Australia playing. Um, yeah. People, yeah. Australians love their sport. You probably know that already. Yeah, yeah. I, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and cricket, me trying to explain cricket in my home country of America. I, I tell I Joe with papers. I run a two-week training course on the rules of cricket. Yeah. <laughs> the old, one of the oldest <laughs> sports in the world. It's fun. Anyway, Linda, thanks for joining me. Um, it's early morning for you. It's evening for me. It's happy hour here, so I'm going to get going. But thanks, thank you again. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. We'll talk again sometime. All right. Yes, absolutely. Thanks. Bye bye. See ya. Bye. Many thanks for joining me today. This is Malcolm Teasdale signing off. Before I do, please check out my website, malcolmjteasdale.com, for more information about my travels around the world. Okay, folks, talk to you later. Bye for now. Stay safe.